Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. What's up, guys? Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about content marketing. We will try to unite all the strategy. And I'm excited to discuss this topic with Rachel Lintegain. How are you? I am good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, each day is good if you uh, have the right mindset, you know? <laughs> so Yes, absolutely. It's better, yeah, it's better to start with the right mindset, you know, uh, to set up uh i don't know like a positive uh feeling you know thoughts and yeah you will be right <laughs> uh before we start just tell more about yourself your experience background and why you decided to pay more attention with seo and content marketing okay so i'm rachel lintagen and i am an seo and content strategist i've been in marketing for about 20 years and my background, I actually have a bachelor's degree in journalism. I went mm -hmm. to journalism school and ended up going into marketing. My minor and my related courses were all marketing related. I ended up going into marketing. And around 2010 timeframe, I really got my hands wet in or my feet wet, I guess, um, in digital marketing and really mm -hmm. having that opportunity to work with a little bit of SEO and some paid search and really getting into um, website updates and things like that and blogging and email marketing. And I ended up making the switch and going completely digital in that same era right around there. Um, went to work for a couple of marketing agencies. One was a content marketing agency, which was fantastic for somebody with a background in journalism like me. And then in 2012, I joined a large New York-based agency as their SEO manager, worked my way up over the years and was the SEO um, senior director of SEO, which is search engine optimization and content marketing. And I worked to really teach people how to use SEO, search engine optimization, to supercharge their content strategy. We want to make sure that all the content that we're creating has a base layer of SEO so that we know that we are creating content that our ideal customer actually cares about. And then we're writing for them and then we're doing what we need to do for Google to show it to more people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice, nice, uh, love it. Uh, especially about uh, blogging, content marketing and journalism. I think uh, your background can help a lot to, <laughs> with modern SEO today. And, you know, uh, for example, I can see that journalists uh, usually have different approaches than uh, common copywriters that usually write for the quantitative uh, words. Uh, they don't care a lot about researching. And um, yeah, uh, uh, from my experience, I often, uh, uh, you know, have experience with websites that uh, hire copywriters, you know, without understanding the topic. And they can't get uh, results because journalists usually can research, find something new, unique and provide this stuff uh, that it's important for SEO today. Okay, uh, before we start, um, uh, tell more about creating the right content strategy. Uh, where websites need to pay more attention today? Uh, because, you know, uh, many websites have no documented content strategy. They usually chase high volume, uh, they, and uh, but these topics are overwhelmed or overpriced with many backlinks, uh, high quality content. How to find the right strategy, especially for a new website? 
Yeah. Well, and the problem with chasing high volume keywords is a new website's not going to rank for them anyway. So you're creating mm -hmm. content that's never going to get seen. You're going to end up in that black hole of blog posts on the, the internet that there's no point. So I want to help people stop wasting their time. It's content writing can be time consuming. I know people hear the word blog and they're like, oh, don't tell me that I need to write another blog post. But what if we change the frame of mind and we talk about each blog post that we write being an opportunity to be found by a new customer? Then it becomes a lot more exciting. So the way that we do this is by really focusing on that initial foundation, like I said a minute ago. We want to really look for topics that are going to be helpful to our ideal customer. And we want to zero in on ones that people are looking for, which means we want to start our brainstorm. We want to think about what questions do I get asked all the time? What questions does somebody ask me every day? What questions does somebody ask before they buy my product, they book my service, whatever it is? So those are going to be a really good starting point. So your FAQs, your frequently asked questions. Then I want you to brainstorm about your ideal customer. And I don't want you to just say my ideal customer is anyone because it's not. You need to have a very specific ideal customer. My ideal customer is 45 years old. She's got two kids. She's a working mom. She commutes 25 minutes each way. She owns a Peloton. She likes Louis Vuitton bags. Whatever it is, you need to know everything you possibly can about her and be able to describe her as well as you could describe your best friend. Somebody needs to be able to visualize your ideal customer when you explain it to them. Because the better you know them, the better your content is going to be. So you want to then think about what questions do they have? Not only what questions do you get asked, but what questions do they have? What do they need to know before they purchase your product? Let's say that you sell a makeup line. Well, maybe your ideal customer wants to know how to create a specific look with her eyeshadow. Or maybe they have acne, middle age, something's happened, their hormones have changed, and they're 45 years old, and suddenly they feel like they're a teenager again because their face is breaking out. So you need to create blog posts that answer those type questions. How do I solve, how do I create this look? How do I solve this? Why am I breaking out when I'm 45 years old? And you're going to provide value, but you're also going to include information about your products or services in there and how they're a solution. Now, where are you going to come up with these ideas? Well, like we said, you're going to brainstorm. You're going to think about your ideal customer. What do they want to know? You're also going to use some tools. There are some fantastic SEO research tools, totally free, that you can use. Go to Google. Open a new Google search screen and just start typing in, how do I? What is? Something tied to your keyword. Why do I have acne at 45? What do I do? How do I solve this? You're going to see ideas that Google's going to give you that are based on search traffic right now because Google thinks this may be what you're looking for because people are searching for it. Then you're going to go into the actual search results. I can't talk. The search results page. And you're going to look to see what are the people also ask about questions? What are the related searches? 
what type sites are showing up on page one for these terms. So you're going to brainstorm. You're going to do a lot of this to really get some good ideas. From there, once you have some good ideas, this is where the SEO side of it comes in. I want you to take those ideas and do a bit of keyword research. You can use whatever tool you want. You can use the Google keyword tool. You can use Uber Suggest, Moz, SEMrush. It doesn't matter to me. Use the tool that you like. You're going to do some keyword research and you're going to find out which of these topics have search volume behind them. So which ones are people most interested in? And then I want you to take it one step further because we don't want to create content just for the sake of creating content. We want to create content with a strategy in mind that will drive leads to our business because that's the only way we're going to grow. So the next step, and this is the one most people miss, is you want to see if you can rank for that keyword before you start writing. So you want to go back to Google and put that keyword in and see who shows up on page one. Who shows up in positions one, two, or three? Because you need to be on page one in order to get traffic. Because 99.7% of people don't click on page two. And 99.7 is practically everybody, okay? Three-tenths yeah. of a percent of people might go to page two. So you have to be on page one. You also mm -hmm. need to be at the top of page one to really get traffic Positions one, two, and three get a combined 60% of all the traffic for that search query. So four through 10, they get some, but nowhere near as much as one, two, and three. Position one, on average in the research studies, gets about 37% of the traffic. So you're really, truly looking for keywords where you can rank at the top of page one. When you're just starting out, these keywords are not going to have a lot of search volume because you don't have a highly authoritative website in Google's eyes. It's nothing you've done wrong. It's just that you have a new website. You haven't built a lot of links to it. It doesn't have a lot of authority. So you're not going to be able to rank for those really big keywords. And that's okay. You can still generate leads and make money on small keywords, small amounts of traffic, because you're going to go after this multiple times. You're not going to just create one blog post, my friend. I mean, we're going to create a blog post every week, which means four a month, which means we're doing 50 a year. In five years, you're going to have 250 blog posts that are all driving traffic to your website. If you have 250 posts, even if they're only driving 10 or 15 visits a month, that's a lot of traffic. And that's mm -hmm. a lot of potential to reach new customers and be found and to sell more products or book more services. Yeah, so valuable. Love it. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned that you don't need to create content for the sake of having it. Uh, you know, I, I even think that we don't need to create content that it's not valuable for you. For example, if I create tools for my website, I usually create tools that I'm using myself. If I write some article, uh, it helps me to memorize all the skills that I want to share with my audience. So, uh, yeah, uh, completely agree with that, that yeah. you need to create content for uh, audience, but uh, you also need to create content that you will use yourself. You know, it doesn't matter. Blog article, tools, uh, landing pages. Uh, yeah, you need to remind something about your business, about sharing value, and, yeah, to go ahead with that. Can you tell more about priorities? For example, if... Um, 
uh, I find a list of uh, keywords, a, a huge list. But uh, as you mentioned that you can create like uh, four articles uh, per month uh, if we, we are talking about quality. Yeah, uh, if you have a big team, you can uh, write a lot more. But uh, if we have limited resources, as many uh, businesses have it. So uh, how to choose priorities where we need to pay more attention, which articles to take first and, yeah. and why? So there are several ways you can prioritize. And I have clients who prioritize in different ways, depending on the goals. Sometimes we have a goal tied to a specific product or service, and we really need to support that. We really need more traffic to those pages, or we really want to focus on that priority. So maybe we go heavy on content for that particular product to really give it time to let it start working. The other thing we can look at is from an opportunity standpoint, if we look at where we're ranking today for certain keywords, if we have keywords that are at the bottom of page one or the top of page two, and we can write a new blog post or we can edit a blog post that we have and adjust our targeting and get that keyword to move up, that's going to be a priority because that's kind of low hanging fruit. As much as I hate that term from corporate, it is because <laughs> it's easier. It's an easier, quicker win. So you want to think about what is your goal and you want your content priorities to really tie to that. Do I want as many pages as possible ranking right away? Do I want to support this particular product line? Do I want to go after the things that are going to be the easiest? Do I want to make sure that I'm seeing some results right away? Because sometimes SEO, it's a long game. So you may be able to get a few quick wins, but over it's really over time that you're going to see the results from your SEO and your content. So from a prioritization standpoint, it really depends on what's the most important to you, what your ultimate goal is, and that's how I would prioritize my content. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. I think uh, from my experience, it's not sometimes, it's often, even always, you know, <laughs> almost always. Yeah, uh, SEO is a long game, you know, yeah. it, it, it takes time, sometimes years, you know, uh, to get first meaningful results. So, uh, for example, for some of my projects, when uh, when we get a lot of backlinks, uh, good backlinks, authoritative, we quite had SEO, but we couldn't get results because of uh, big PR campaigns uh, and low. Uh, branding recognition so yeah it's complex game you need yeah. to uh find what works for you uh, because um uh, I, I like when john miller replies to this question uh which algorithms uh, work better it depends you know <laughs> on your niche uh on your specific keywords uh, sometimes uh some brands need to have re strong brand recognition for example in health and financial niche like yes. with this filter your money your life uh and okay i have the question about um Interlinking. No, uh, I often get this question from my audience: How to interlink content? For example, if we write uh, four articles uh, uh, a month, but uh, how to submit call to action? You know, to sell uh, actually products and uh, to help other uh, content to rank. Uh, if you earn backlinks to these articles, yeah. So I do a couple different things when it comes to internal linking. If you're so the way I teach content strategy to make it easier for people, because most of my students are creating their content themselves. They don't have a big team. Mm -hmm. So we talk about what can we get the most opportunity? How can we get the, the most opportunity, but not kill ourselves trying to write content? So I recommend 
at minimum one post a week and we break it into four content pillars. This just makes it easier for people to be able to plan it out. So you have four types of content or four areas that you focus on over the course of the month. So for me personally, I teach on content strategy, I teach on content marketing, I teach on blogging, and I teach on SEO. They're all interrelated, but that way I know each month I need a topic on one of those areas. So it makes it easier to plan. Now, sometimes I'll come up with an idea that's like a multi-post or ideas where they all kind of fan together. So you do kind of like that hub and spoke concept with your content. So SEO, and then I did a series last year, kind of going back to SEO basics, where I did one on what is SEO. And then I did posts on what are title tags, what are meta descriptions, what are SEO keywords, what's SEO content, all those basic one-on-one questions that you get asked. Well, I still am able to link to those basic posts anytime I write a post and I talk about, well, you want to make sure you use your keyword in your title tag. Well, I can link to the keyword post and the title tag post there. And then sometimes you'll have ones where you want to go ahead and put links, like let's say we're e-commerce and we have products. So an example that I've shared, um, when I was in the corporate world, I worked with a large home goods retailer. They had hundreds of locations across the country. So their content strategy, we always focused on products as a second, kind of as a secondary thing, but we kept them in it. So rather than writing a post about, these are our 10 new Christmas ornaments, we would write a post about holiday decor trends. And then we would talk about the cream and white or the glitter or the gold and what the trends were and how you could create the tablescape and how you could make your home look gorgeous. And then we would focus on showcasing our products. So we did a post on how to create a gallery wall for your home. Well, you better believe the photos, the picture frames that were used and the artwork that was used was from that client. So that's how you do it. You don't want to be pushy. You don't want a hard sell when it comes to content marketing. You want to provide value. But the way that you make money then is to link to the products or services that your ideal customer would be interested in based on the piece that they're reading. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I often see when webmasters copy some authoritative websites because many websites uh, are so pushy. You know, for example, even Neil Patel, if you open his blog, uh, you can get this pop-up window uh, that closes everything. Uh, In search engine journal, we can get a lot of paid uh, ads. But, you know, these websites deserve their authority. People trust their content. So uh, if you have such high authority, then you can be pushy, you know, you can sell a lot more. But uh, on the first stage, uh, when you can, uh, some clients can leave your website, it's not a good decision. Yeah, completely agree with that. Okay, can you tell more about uh, writing content? Uh, How do you teach your students to write uh, content for a website? Because, um, for example, I have some clients, big companies, uh, yeah, uh, they earn a lot. Uh, and, you know, when I tell them, you know what, uh, we have content plan, you need to create content. And they reply to me, you know, I have no time with that. Uh, I need to 
compete with my big competitors. Uh, it's a fierce competition, and um, uh, I need to develop, innovate my products. How? Uh, and yeah, I have no experience. I don't know how to do it. And uh, uh, it's hard to find copywriters. For example, 10 years ago, I, uh, I just hired copywriters that wrote about everything. Today, it doesn't work. Uh, I don't know if possible it works for someone, but not <laughs> for many cases because uh, these copywriters don't understand the topic. Can you tell how to improve writing skills or find responsible copywriters or authors or journalists who can create awesome content? So... Let's start with a couple of things. You're not going to get great content off a site like Fiverr or something where if you're paying nothing, you're not mm -hmm. going to get really great content. Okay. And the days, like, just like you said, the days of crummy content or those content farms or cheap, like that doesn't work anymore. Google wants really good quality content. People want good quality content. So if you outsource it, you need to look for a writer. You need to look for somebody who's going to learn about your product. And there are times where it's very hard because nobody knows your product as well as you do. That's the bottom line. But sometimes we don't have the bandwidth to write for ourselves or we don't want to. It's not our specialty area. You know, mm -hmm. I talked to a gentleman I know. He's the founder of one of the big SEO tools. And he and I... We'd used his tool at the agency and worked with him for years. And he and I were talking at one of the conferences and he was asking me about blogging. And he's like, how long does it take you to write a blog post? And I said, oh, about one to two hours, not real long, sometimes 30 minutes, depending on the topic. And he's like, my last one took me three days. And I said, oh, no, no, no. You don't have time for that. You've got other stuff to do. You can't spend three yeah. days writing a blog post. Let's figure this out. So a big part of it is just really, truly spending the time at the beginning to do the research, to find the topic, because that's going to make it easier. When you have a clear understanding of who you're trying to reach and what content they need, that makes it faster. The other thing is just go back to English class. Who, what, why, where, when, and how. If you answer those questions in your blog post, okay, who am I writing for? Why am I writing this? What information do they need? How are they going to use this? Where are they going to use it? What are they going to do with it? What questions are they going to have about it? It's going to be easier. It's going to go a little faster. Um, and I know sometimes the thought of sitting down to write a blog post is just like, oh, I really don't want to do that. Like, I get it. And if you really, truly are not feeling it, it's okay to move it to the next day or to take a break. Like, don't force yourself to try to sit there and write and be like, I just need to get this thing done so I can move on. Because you know what? You're not going to create good content. You're not in the right frame of mind. Turn up some music, whatever it is, go work in a different area, go do whatever you need to do to make it work better for you. But don't force it because when you force it, it feels forced when people read it. So what do I recommend as far as doing it? Really focus on your customer. Pretend you're telling them a story if you need to. I do that sometimes. I just start with what's my topic and I start writing about it and I make it conversational and friendly because SEO kind of scares people sometimes. So my whole concept is I'm just here to make this easy and to help you understand what to do. So my blog posts are very conversational. Um, you really want to think about your brand and your tone and your voice and all of that. What are you, how are you trying to portray your brand? 
don't overcomplicate it. Just mm-hmm. write it, provide great value. Um, don't overcomplicate it thinking about your keyword. This is one of the things where I see where we get not, we get crummy content. Okay. If we go into it and we say, use my keyword six times, use it in <laughs> like, okay, I have to write this blog post and I need to make sure I use the keyword red hoodie six times. Okay. This red hoodie is a great red hoodie because it's perfect for those cold mornings where you want to wear a red hoodie. You just get content that nobody's going to want to read because it's awful. So Mm -hmm. write your story. Tell your customer what they need to know. Answer their questions. If you need a starting point, write the questions associated with it. I have a client that's a preschool. We recently did a post on how do you decide when it's time to send your kid to preschool. So I thought about all the questions that you would potentially have as a parent trying to figure out when to send your kid to preschool. How do you choose the right preschool? Well, how far is it from work? Do I like it? Do I know anyone whose kids have gone there? Is it, is it safe? Should I look it up online to see if they're, what the reviews say? Should I check out and see if the state department has had to be there because there were problems with kids not being taken care of? Like, It's pretty easy once you start brainstorming, you start thinking of it, thinking about all the things to include. Then go through, write it. Don't worry about how many times you use your keyword. Go back. When you're done, pick up either your print it off or just read it out loud to yourself. This is something that they made us do in journalism school. And it feels stupid. Okay? It totally feels stupid. And I get that. But read it out loud to yourself. Because you're going to be able to determine if you've used your keyword too many times. You've written red hoodie copy. Or if you maybe have an opportunity to add your keyword in somewhere else. Maybe there's a place where you could edit slightly, add it in. You do want to make sure that your keyword is in your very first paragraph of content. That's pretty important because that helps set the tone for the piece. But your piece itself should be about your keyword. Then you're going to want to go in and do the SEO part of it. So you're going to want to make sure that you've used your keyword in your header tags. And if you're not familiar with what header tags are, those are the big separators that you use. So let's say that your blog post has three main topics. Each of those three main topics is going to be an H2 tag. You're going to do that just right where you would change your tags in your um, your WYSIWYG editor. You can just, usually where it says paragraph, you can click in there. It'll give you H2, H3. It's going to give you probably all the way through H6. You only need to really worry about uh, two and three. So use your keyword there. If you want to break those paragraphs up a little bit, go ahead and use an H3 tag to make subparagraphs and add it in there. Then you're going to go through and you're going to do all of your SEO elements. You're going to make sure your URL has your keyword, your title tag, your meta description. You're going to use it um, in your picture, your image file name. So nobody's ever putting another photo on their website that's image627. What? None of that. <laughs> We're going to use the keyword in the image file name. You're going to also want to minify. That means make your image file smaller because Google likes sites that that load really fast. And pictures, big picture files are very, very slow. And they are the thing that really slows down most websites. So make sure you're minifying. You can use a plugin on WordPress. You can use a tool. Make sure you're making your file sizes small so that they load faster and you're saving them with your keywords in the title. So that's how you're going to write great content for your customer, but you're also going to make sure that Google understands it so they show it to more people.
Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I think that I have some low connection today. I don't know what's going on. But we have the question from Jan Burns. All good builds have four pillar, I guess. Can you share more about pillars pages? Yeah. So from a content strategy standpoint, I recommend, just to make it easier for my students, um, I mm-hmm. recommend that we choose four pillars or four areas to write on based on what business we're in. So with some of my realtors, they maybe focus on buyers and sellers, but then they get into their specialty areas. They focus on second homes, vacation rentals, first-time home buyers, mortgage um, mortgage qualification, things like that. So each month, they choose one blog topic for each of those areas so that they're able to focus on providing value to each of their different ideal customers or to customers at different stages of the sales funnel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I, I think my internet is <laughs> coming back. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, you know, um, uh, I like your points, especially when you share about, uh, you know, it's like your strong side. For example, um, I often get the question, if I have no experience with writing, Sure, skip it. Don't write. If you're good with filming, then film. If you're good with yeah. <laughs> uh, drawing design, you know, you can go to TikTok, you can uh, start live stream, audio podcast. It's up to you. Uh, it's better to consider your strong side. Sometimes you don't need to see if you have no resources and you don't like it. So it's better to find uh, your way where you can get traffic and customers. I completely yeah. agree with that. Absolutely. You have mm-hmm. to work okay. with what you've got. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, many companies that have no SEO traffic and they sell a lot, uh, have strong brand recognition. Uh, and uh, yeah, they don't need SEO. Probably they need, but they have no time because of other priorities. That's okay as well. So, uh, but I like your experience about writing. Uh, and we have the question uh, from Jan Burns. He's active today. My issue sometimes is that I lose my endpoint and get a sort of scope creep. It gets longer and longer and longer and longer. Can you (laughs) reply to this question? (laughs) So I think what Ian is saying is he's concerned that maybe he's writing blog posts that are longer than what he's charged the client for. So Mm -hmm. sometimes what you're going to really want to think about, and I've run into this, especially in the agency world, um, determine, are you writing posts that are 500 to 750? Are you writing posts that are 1,000? Are you going up to 1,500? Really determine ideal word count. You don't have to stay right to it, but try to keep your topic similar. So if you're trying to write a blog post and you're trying to keep it, you know, you're charging a client for 750 word blog post. Well, 750 words is like three ideas for a post. It's not 21. So don't make a list of the 21 items to do for fun with your kids this weekend and then charge them for a 500 word post or a 750 word post. Maybe what you want to look at also, Ian, is breaking up some of your posts. If it's getting to the point where it's too long, maybe you want to break it up. What I like to do when I start writing is to really think about, okay, this is my topic and these are my three points or my five points. And that generally will help me stay on track and stay focused. The other thing is you don't want to write long posts just for the sake of writing long posts. 
because people aren't going to want to read them if they're not engaging and there's not a lot of insight and information you're not going to have good results in the end so really choose your content topic and then choose your three to five main points and that should help you avoid going long and ending up with that scope creep issue that i mean scope creep is a pain and it's definitely something we deal with in the agency world mm -hmm. yeah completely yeah. yeah it's hard to write a long post that retain audience uh, to read the whole point uh, page for example uh book offers usually uh get like five percent uh yeah uh, if i remember correctly like uh, only five percent of all books are uh people read you know they usually skip 95 percent and so it depends it's hard to to create content that people will read the whole and uh 80 percent of users they leave websites for a few seconds you know they open check out headline and leave it because uh, you can't catch their attention and yeah it's art to uh, provide a strong reason to read the whole content uh, it's art to optimize your images uh, or other multimedia and people uh, and give the strong reason to read the whole content so yeah agree with that okay can you tell more about link building how uh how to choose the right methods uh, to create uh, link building uh, uh and um, yeah uh, probably you have your loving strategies uh, yeah share more insights about that okay i don't do a whole lot of link building i do not believe in buying links at all we mm -hmm. don't do that because that's how so many sites got in trouble that's where we ended up with panda and penguin like what 10 years ago now um so i'm not a link i'm not a i don't buy links what I tell my clients and my students to do and what I do is we really try to focus on digital PR and really mm -hmm. getting the message out there. Things like this, you know, doing a podcast episode with someone, writing a post for someone. I recommend that you look for it's simple, like start a query, go to Google and write something with your keyword and write for us and see what publications that are in your industry would be open to having someone write for them. You know, where can you get your message out there? Where can you reach another audience? You'll earn a link. You want to earn links rather than try to build them today. The other thing you can do is to join organizations that are related to your niche or that are local to you. Join your local chamber of commerce, join networking groups, do things like that. They're generally going to link back to your website. They're usually fairly high authority websites and you're probably going to have a bonus of some networking, some exposure, maybe some business leads that are going to come in from it. And then your, your link just becomes that bonus because you've got other things that are coming in. You can also sign up for Harrow, which is help a reporter out. It's been around, goodness, 12 or 15 years, something like that. It's free. You sign up as a resource and they send you an email several times a day. You can choose how frequently you want to get the email. You do need to jump on it pretty quick. You know, they generally find their resources pretty quickly, but it's reporters who are working on stories who are looking for resources. So I pitch myself on Harrow regularly because I can help. People have questions about SEO, content marketing, blogging, you know, being a female entrepreneur, being a working mom, whatever. Look at all the different angles. And you will naturally be able to get links that way. And they're going to be good links and they're going to be relevant. Don't buy links. 
you'll get yourself in trouble. It's not worth the risk, especially in today's world with Google. Like, just don't do it. Earn them. You know, people from North Korea are completely with you. You know, about <laughs> <laughs> not buying links because they have no internet <laughs> to, to do it. <laughs> okay, I have the question about um, learning SEO. Can you tell how to learn SEO today uh, according to your experience? If someone want to be an expert like you to learn uh, more about this field, uh, do they need to do it? Because uh, we often get the question, SEO is dying and will die in some day. And uh, what kind of books or uh, courses uh, they need to read and learn? Because yeah, uh, today we have a lot of obsolete information. How to choose and filter out all this information and find the, uh, the right way. So SEO has been dying for as long as I've been in the industry. So I think it's here to stay. <laughs> like, they've been saying SEO is dying for at least 10 years. It's not dying. Mm -hmm. It's the best free marketing channel for you. And I actually am finding it very interesting that now that we've had so many changes with iOS 14 and the Facebook ads, I'm seeing a lot of the online industry, online entrepreneurs suddenly start talking about SEO for the first time because their darling Facebook ads aren't working the way that they were. So when you go to learn SEO, I think this is where so many people struggle with it because it can feel awkward. It can feel hard mm -hmm. because you're not really sure where to start. You're not really sure what to do. And there's a lot of bad information out there. You read one blog post and it tells you to do this. You read another blog post on the same subject and it tells you to do something else. How do you know which one of these is the right one to follow? So what I recommend, follow SEO industry sites. So look at Moz, look at Search Engine Land, look at Search Engine Journal, um, look at Content Marketing Institute if you're interested in content marketing. Like, Make sure you're looking at some of the bigger ones. Make sure if you're following someone like me, make sure that they actually know what they're doing, that they actually have professional experience as an SEO. It's very different to learn how to do it and try to do it and maybe get some results for yourself versus to have learned how to do it and done it as a career and had to sit in the room with people, with clients who are paying you money and answer their questions as to why something is happening, good or bad, there's a there's a big difference. You want to really be sure that you're, you're learning from somebody who really knows what they're doing. Check out their LinkedIn profile. What background do they have? What information do they have? Ask questions. Um, I personally teach SEO. I have a simple SEO training course for entrepreneurs who want to learn either enough so that they know that the person they're outsourcing it to is actually doing it right. Because I get a lot of clients who come to me because they paid somebody and they got no results and the person they paid didn't do it right. Or if you want to learn how to do it to offer it as a service, I have some virtual assistants and people like that who've taken my course because they want to be able to increase their skills and offer it. Or if you want to be able to do it for your own website. So find trusted resources. Really be careful who you learn from. That's probably the number one piece of advice because there's no certification to say this is a professional SEO. There isn't 
a college degree. Like I don't have a college degree in SEO because when I went to college, SEO didn't exist. Degree <laughs> in journalism, and I have an MBA with a focus in marketing. But I don't have a degree in SEO. Google didn't exist in the nineties. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, by the way, I don't know anyone who uh, has this experience from my uh, network. You know, uh, I spoke with many great digital marketing experts, and I don't know. Uh, I check out their profiles, history, biography. Nobody has this degree. I don't know. Possible new generation will have it. I don't know. Yeah, that's good. But but you know I like the point from Neil Patel and he uh, shared on my podcast about uh, that you need to um, you know not need uh, he shares his way that yeah. um, uh, that was not good time in college uh, because uh, uh, oh just give me a seconds oh sorry for that uh, be, because uh, uh, when you work in some SEO projects uh, you can get real experience you know when you practice in college you can get some skills uh, mm-hmm. in some day they will be obsolete especially for five years you know so yeah. uh, practice uh, makes miracle you know if you practice a lot you can get much higher results but if you learn a lot from great experts uh, it doesn't matter where you learn if from college from courses from blogs if you do nothing uh, you can forget for a few weeks about this knowledge and some of them will be uh, obsolete so it's better to yeah. act more than learn but uh, yeah you can find the balance between the, this okay rachel it's a big pleasure to have you on my show i'm sorry for my internet collection today i don't know what's going on oh, <laughs> but <fine>. uh, <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah sometimes uh, I lost connection a few times but uh, it's a big pleasure uh, uh, tell our audience how they can reach out to you learn more about you follow you Yeah. So you can find me. My website is etchedmarketing.com. You can find me on social, Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube at Etched Marketing Academy. And if you're interested, um, I do have an SEO quick start guide. You can get that right on the homepage of my website. It's going to walk you through exactly what you have to do to get started with SEO on your website or blog. Um, I do see a question that came through about recommendations for SEO for an e-commerce site that sells tech products, laptops, etc. Um, so are you, Ian, are you asking about, because I've dealt with this. I've actually worked with e-com SEO for years, but also a client that was an electronics retailer. Are you concerned because you have multiple of the same option or are you just trying to figure out, because what you're going to want to look at, let's just start with it and then you can add in more if you have more questions. So what you're going to want to do is make sure that you are optimizing on several levels. You'll want to optimize your homepage for your website, talking about your main products. So what it is that you sell, then you're going to want to have category pages and you're going to want to sub, you're going to want to optimize those category pages using different keywords. So let's use TVs as an example. So if TVs are a main push, we probably want to talk somehow about being an electronics retailer or a TV retailer, something like that on our homepage. We're probably going to then have a category page for TV. And then we might even have some subcategory pages for TVs, for flat screens, for curve, for big screen, for mobile, et cetera. 
So you're going to optimize those. Then you're also going to optimize your product pages themselves. Now, if you have a situation where let's say you have six models of a TV that are almost identical, the difference is the color. Less likely in TVs than in shoes, but we're going to go with it. Okay. So we have six of the same TV, not different sizes, same TV, different color. We're going to want to then use a canonical tag to choose the one that you want Google to index. And you're going to optimize that page. And then you're going to canonical all the other ones, basically telling Google, I know this is another page. Go over here and read this one instead. Okay. So you want to make sure you're optimizing on your homepage if it's a main product, your category pages and your product pages, but you're going to want to make sure you're using different keywords because Google is only going to rank you two times. Your website is only going to show up two times for any given keyword. So if you use the same keyword everywhere, you actually limit your ranking abilities. I hope that helps. Oh, Rachel, you know, you're awesome. Really. You? <laughs> because, yeah, you're awesome because, you know, you, you can share. Well, when I ask you, please share your information about you, but you keep going, you know, sharing value <laughs> and helping others. Yeah, love it. You know, yeah. But, but anyway, just tell how people can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah. So back to that, um, etchedmarketing.com is my website. Right there on the main page, you're going to see information on a free SEO training class, um, as well as the SEO quick start guide. So if you want to, you want to know what all of this is and exactly how to do it, and you want to make it easier, just grab that quick start guide. Um, and then on social, Instagram, Facebook, and um, YouTube at Etched Marketing Academy. You're more likely to find me on Instagram. If you have questions, just DM me there. I'm most active over there. I do post something every day on Insta. So if you have questions, just ask. I, I'm here to help people learn. I want to make it yeah. less scary because it is the best free marketing channel out there. Once you understand how it works, the possibilities are limitless for your business. Uh, I'm pretty sure you will. Uh, I see it. Yeah, I see it. You will help anyone who will ask. Please, guys, uh, reach out to Rachel, ask questions, uh, and you can share that uh, you uh, met Rachel on our podcast. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. It's a big pleasure again, you know, to get you on my show. I know you are busy, but you uh, phone this time. So, yeah, it's a nice to have on my show. And uh, please reach out to Rachel and tell that you found on our podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.